to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. I know we are just days away from Christmas. Uh, Christmas falling on a Monday with church on Sunday has got many of us trying to, you know, organize our week well, but um, certainly a week leading into Christmas. We're excited about it. Many of y'all know Christmas is an issue that we work on. I've got my Christmas-themed tie, which reminds me of an important court case that we were involved in where a judge had a Christmas-themed tie on in a court case we were involved in protecting Christmas in public schools. So we do have a website set up for that state law here in Texas, MerryChristmasTexas.com. So if you're wondering how schools should be handling that, as many of them are finishing up their time this week, maybe even today, if not tomorrow, MerryChristmasTexas.com. If you want to check the website out so you know what the state law is that protects Christmas and the discussion of Christmas in public schools. But there's another issue that was getting a lot of attention last week and certainly uh, leading into this week as well that is right there with that Christmas message of life, uh, the welcoming of a child into this world. And there were a lot of questions on this issue. You may have seen this issue um, coming out of the Texas Supreme Court, and I'll lay it out in just a minute. So if you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And we have a great guest today that's going to talk to us about this issue coming out of the Texas Supreme Court, but also related to the issue of life. Senator Rick Santorum uh, is someone who is a very well-known name and also uh, someone who's been a part of the pro-life movement for quite some time. He spent over a decade in the U.S. Senate, also ran for president at one time uh, just a few years ago. And But all of that was related to his courageousness, his leadership on the issue of life. And you're going to hear him talk about in just a minute how not only is an issue he cares about in his own particular faith, but also in his role in law and policy, but his personal life. So Senator Santorum, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Jonathan. Good to be with you. Well, it's good to see you. I know one of the last times I saw you was a few years back. I know we've ran into each other since then, but um was at a lecture, an event where you were speaking at the University of Texas, my alma mater, with a great group of students, uh, one who's gone on to law school and uh, is a very good friend. Her father is a very good friend of mine. And so um, was encouraged to see you then. I know when we've been out and about in the world, if you will, in the United States on different issues, we've run into each other. And so I'm encouraging to see you continue to be involved in so many issues that we care about for faith, family, and freedom. And so, um, but we want to center our focus today on this court case that's come out of the state of Texas. I want to set this up for folks and then let you take most of the time together. But uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, the Texas Supreme Court ruled in a case related to a baby who is more than 21 weeks, 20 weeks along, the mother is looking for some type of exception to be allowed to have an abortion. Everything we're hearing, the baby is disabled. Um, and in Texas, we protect life. Um, and so as a result of that, the Texas Supreme Court did not grant her exception. I'll talk a little bit in a minute about why the law was not followed and why the, the Supreme Court ruling was correct. One of your colleagues, Senator uh, John Cornyn, said this week that the Texas Supreme Court was correct. Um, but less focus was on the baby. And so we try to just shift the focus a little bit more on the baby, not the fact that the mother has now left Texas, I guess, going to some other state seeking an abortion. Um, we know you have a personal touch to this issue. Uh, your daughter, Bella, 
who has uh, had this, this disability, if you will, trisomy 18. And so we wanted to have you come on and talk a little bit about that just to help people understand how important life is and uh, and how meaningful it can be uh, no matter how it starts. So, Yeah, it, you know, we, we, uh, we had Bella, as you mentioned, uh, 15 years ago and a uh, little different circumstances than the case that uh, is in Texas. We did not find out uh, for sure that she had trisomy 18 until uh, five days after she was born. We don't do prenatal testing. We accept whatever God has to give us. And, and uh, we, we were excited to have Bella. And uh, we were told uh, the same thing that you heard in the press. I mean, the doctors pretty much said, well, trisomy 18, uh, she's going to die in the next few days. You know, you're lucky that she survived birth uh, and that, uh, you know, they sent her home on hospice care. Uh, so ten days after she was born, we we took our, we took our daughter home uh, with a with, with a hospice order and hospice you know uh, attendance, and uh, we quickly uh, realized that that was the wrong diagnosis for her in the sense that you know we weren't going to sit here and wait for her to die. We were going to do everything we could to uh, to to make her life as as beautiful and as long as possible. And uh, what what we found out the more you know. You, you, if you talk to any parent of a child with a disability, particularly a profound disability, you find out that they know a lot more about the disease after a period of time than any doctor does because it's your life. And so you, you live with it, you learn from it, and you also just you know, consume in, uh, in volumes and volumes of information so you can give the best possible care to your, to your child. And so we've become sort of the experts on trisomy 18. And what we found was that, um, that the diagnosis that uh, this is a fatal disability is false. Uh, it's not only false uh, because our daughter is obviously alive, so it's not a fatal disability, but there are there are many, many other children. There's a fact that trisomy uh, 18 and 13 foundation, and, and they they actually work with trisomy 18 parents all over all over the country. Now, if it was a fatal disability, uh, you wouldn't have a foundation that's working with with kids and and uh, I I remember when I was running for president I had the opportunity to campaign in Oklahoma and at the time I met uh, a a young lady who was I think 32 or 33 years old with trisomy 18 and now she was I think the oldest uh, living uh, trisomy 18 uh, person in the country but the reality is that the a lot of these kids can do well and can survive and can survive uh, for quite some time and live wonderful lives. Our daughter lives an amazingly beautiful life. Uh, is she disabled? Yes, of course she's disabled. She has a, this is a, there's no, let's just cut to the chase here. Trisomy 18 is, it's a spectrum disorder, like every spectrum. Uh, but this is, you know, it's a, it's a very narrow spectrum in trisomy 18. Kids are, are, are fairly disabled. Some walk. Uh, I don't know if too many of the talk, but uh, very, very most of them have profound intellectual disabilities and, and, and a lot of physical disabilities. But that doesn't mean they can't live great and fulfilling and wonderful lives. Our daughter is the center of our house. Mm. She she makes everybody better. She I always say Bella can only do really do one thing, but she does it better than everybody, anybody I ever met. And that is love. I mean, she is just a font of love. Uh, she is always in a good mood. She's she's just uh, just joy and happiness to, that she brings to this family. And we wouldn't know what, what our life would be without her. So, uh, you know, people look 
at human life these days and they look at it from a utilitarian point of view uh you know what can you do you know and and and, you know god looks at us as all disabled i mean when you you compare ourselves to god you know we're all completely disabled we can do nothing relative to what god can do and all god wants from us is to love him and you know bella taught us that lesson that bella can't you know is disabled but uh, but she can love, and that's that's all that matters to us. And I, you know, so it sort of taught me a lesson and our family a lesson uh, about how how to interact with our our Father in heaven. That really what we need to focus in on loving Him better uh, and not worry about all the other stuff. Well, we're talking with Senator Rick Santorum, and he is talking about his daughter Bella, who's fifteen, who. The discussion in Texas has been about a baby, more about the mother who's left Texas, a woman who's pregnant uh, beyond 20 weeks from the reports that we see. There are reports that the disability, if you will, the condition she has has been diagnosed as trisomy 18, which is the same, if not very similar, um, that we think from what's being reported from the media as Senator Santorum's daughter, Bella. And there's not been a lot of focus on that. We've been trying to shift the conversation, if you will, or shed light on that because a lot of people have sort of wanted to conveniently forget about the child that hangs in the balance in this circumstance. Um, And you can go to our website to see where we've talked a little bit about this court case. Texas has a law that, and, and there's certain pieces of different laws that sort of layer together that make it clear we protect all human life. There can be some circumstances where if there's some type of immediate danger and there's a, it's imminent that they think that the woman could die as a result of the baby being born, I don't know that there's really all that many circumstances where that exists, but nonetheless, that is what the law says. There could be an abortion that'd be allowed, if you will. But in those circumstances, you have to have not just one, but two opinions from doctors. And in this case, the doctor that was going to perform the abortion gave an opinion, and that was it. There was never a second opinion. And from everything that I can tell, it seems like the the doctor involved, um, you know, that was sort of intentional. Maybe this is set up as a test case if you will. And look, as we get close to Christmas, you talk about the ultimate hope of a baby being born. Um, That is what a a child and a life represents so often, whether or not we know what the outcome is going to be later on. And there's been that concern that if we're in that position, then we sort of become God. Or to your point, sometimes people get these diagnoses before the baby's born and they're wrong. How tragic that would be. And so I, I love hearing you talk about your daughter and, and how she's the center. And well, so she is and around the holidays, we're reminded of those special memories even more. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to address your point about, uh, you know, the, the Texas law and the idea that abortion is necessary sometime to save the life of a mother or the fertility of a mother. Uh, that's just, uh, I dealt with this issue when I debated on the Senate floor, the the, the partial birth abortion bill, because uh, that was the, the it was a late term abortion. Uh, and the whole argument was, well, we needed to keep the practice legal to protect, you know, uh, the, you know, when, when pregnancies go awry and things could go bad and, uh, and we have to protect the life health of the mother or the baby is going to die. And, and, and we need to, we need to have this procedure available. We had all sorts of medical expert medical expert testimony all over the place, and and what we find what we found is, and 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 the and the, the, the medicine hasn't changed since then. And the reality is, you don't have to have an abortion to save the mother's life. You may have to deliver the baby, so you might have chorioamnionitis, which is an infection in the in the in the uterine wall, which 
which which could be fatal to the mom if the baby is not delivered. But you don't have to kill the baby. You can simply deliver the baby and 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 uh, and deal with that problem. There are other issues where delivery of a child may be necessary, and that child may not live because the child may be too premature to survive. But there, you don't have to kill the baby first. In other words, you give the baby the best chance you have. And there may be, like I said, the mother may have to be separated from the child to protect the mother's health, but it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't have to kill the child in that process. You can treat that child with dignity and respect and give that child an opportunity for life and deliver that baby and give her the best, give him or her the best chance of life that you can. Well, and we're talking with Senator Rick Santorum, uh, over a decade spent in the U.S. Senate serving people from the great state of Pennsylvania, but also known very well as a pro-life leader, you know, 20, 30 years ago, trying to get some discussion and some focus on the life issue. You mentioned the partial birth abortion issue. There was a case like that that went up to the U.S. Supreme Court, you know, very different times than we are now. And there's still a lot of work to do on the life issue, but really getting, you know, conversations and getting some things in place that protected life, you know, 10, 20 years ago, was very difficult, particularly at a national level, you know, uphill sledding. We had Senator Brown back at one of our events recently, and I was remembering how often he was involved in this issue. I mean, you know, the two of you and others were pioneers. Uh, I, one thing I wanted to maybe see if we could circle back around, if, if you're okay with, uh, you know, oftentimes when the, there's a new baby in the family, it can also change the dynamics and many times for good. Sometimes you have kids that are like, oh, the baby's getting all the attention right, but that's short-lived. I'd love to hear about the impact that it's had on your other children with Bella. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you look at my phone here, uh, that's that's my phone, and you can see my daughter Bella. Yeah, is on, we got is you. On my, is on my page. Uh, that's you know, we have six other children, and you might think, wow, how do the other kids feel about the fact that you have one of your six kids on your on your wallpaper on your on your screen? And the answer is. Well, of course I do. Uh, they all they all feel that way. I mean, Bella is the the favorite child, and and <laughs> and every everybody uh, everybody recognizes that she's everybody's favorite sibling. Uh, she's she's every she's the she's the favorite. Like I said, she's sort of the center of the house. And the reason that is is that Bella never gives anybody a hard time. Bella just simply is there to uh, to snuggle with and and to you know I. I describe Bella as uh, as sort of a permanent six or eight month old child. Mm -hmm. And if you think back of, of your experience with children and grandchildren who are that age, they don't do a whole lot except they just you know are there and and can smile and appreciate and they know their name and they can they can interact with you in in, in Bella's case nonverbally. And uh, but it's just a wonderful age, and she's that age, and she's and she is that joyful person every single day, and. And we just, uh, like I said, uh, you know, she's everybody's favorite. Uh, when she came into the house, you know, we had lots of stress because, uh, you know, we had all this expectation that, you know, horrible things were going to happen to her. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually within a few months of her being born, she did have some very serious, she had a, she had a cold that ended up put into her hospital, not once, but twice. <clears throat> and she almost died both times. Uh, and, uh, and so it was a very stressful time, uh, but we learned how to treat her. We we learned what she needed, the medication she needed, the 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 uh, uh, the, the the rhythm that she needed in her life to mm. uh, to do well. And uh, everybody was all in. I mean, it it was not something that uh, 
there was at least any kind of resentment. It was it was all sort of we had a we had a mission to try to help uh, our 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 you know our our little vulnerable one uh, be you know. Uh, we always said, you know, sort of be a be a record breaker, someone who uh, was gonna was gonna break the mold and 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 tell and, and tell all the doctors they were wrong, and uh, and she is, and she uh, we 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 go to a, a hospital in the area here, and and they say, you know, she's the oldest trisomy eighteen child that they have with her in, 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 uh, that they treat, and you know we're very proud of that, and we just wish there were were more because there are a lot of these children that. Yeah, many of them do die and they die naturally because there are profound complications, but many of them die because they simply don't get treatment. They simply are told, the parents are told either to abort or, uh, or when the baby's born, we get this all the time. We, we, you know, my, my wife, Karen in particular, counsels lots and lots of moms uh, who know about Bella and read about because they, you know, you, you get a diagnosis of trisomy 18 and you go to the, go to, go to the web and you, 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 you find Bella Santorum and you, and you hear about the Santorums and, you know, we've been around long enough and have run for president and know a lot of people. And so there's always a way to find us, uh, which we, we are very happy with, or you can go on social media and find us. And, uh, and we counsel lots of folks. And, and the tragedy is how many times we talk to parents whose doctors say abort uh, and who say, you know, they're not, they refuse to treat. They, they say, well, you know, the baby's going to die anyway. You know, we're not going to do the surgery or we're not going to do this procedure because your baby's going to die. And well, of course, if any baby has a problem and you don't treat the problem, the baby's going to, you know, going to probably die. Uh, and that's the problem. This It's this fatal diagnosis that it's incompatible with life that leads to more fatalities, because if the baby's incompatible with life, then you don't do anything to preserve that life. Once the baby's born, well, then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. No, and you know, we're seeing that message repeated so many times, unfortunately, in the media in this case coming out of Texas. We're talking with Senator Rick Santorum, who is in such an amazing and inspiring way, talking about his daughter Bella, who is 15, who has been living with the the disability, the diagnosis, the condition of trisomy 18 that's been talked a lot about the case coming out of Texas. The, the mother's name is Kate Cox. We've been referring to her daughter, as far as what we know, it's a baby girl, as Baby Cox. Not a lot of people have been talking about it. The Everything we're hearing suggests that she has the, the condition of trisomy 18. And when the media talks about it, they basically say, if not suggest, and sometimes specifically, that it's it's fatal, that it's incompatible with life. I mean, they've already made the determination, and I've pushed back a lot on that. We have that it's just not true. We don't know that for certain, and a lot of times mistakes are made. In some of my own research, I found a National Institutes of Health uh, story and study that came out just three years ago, Senator Santorum, that makes it clear that babies are living longer and, and many of them well into teenage years and adulthood with trisomy 18. Strikingly, the thing that they say makes the biggest difference is early diagnosis and detection. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. wow. You know, yeah. and parental involvement and education. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, and, and, you know, we run into this all the time. And, and again, Karen, my wife, Karen is a, is a, was, is a nurse. And so uh, she's a, she's an amazing mama bear, but, a lot of times parents get bullied into doing uh, what the doctors want them to do. They don't, they don't know enough to, or don't feel comfortable enough to stand up to some of these doctors and some of these hospitals who deny care or say, you know, Oh, the, it's best if you just let the baby die, you know, she's going to suffer a lot or he's going to have this problem or that problem. 
and you know our 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 counseling to uh, to parents is you have to be. And I say this not just for kids of trisomy 18 with any child, you have to be the advocate for that, for that child. I mean, you parents have to have to fight the medical establishment because so many, and I know this is the case with, with a lot of doctors, uh, obstetricians, as well as uh, uh, pediatricians uh, in, in, the, in these hospitals, they're worried about liability. They're worried if the baby dies, that someone's going to sue them uh, or they're going to get, you know, they're going to somehow or another have to deal with litigation and so the easiest thing is, is to convince the parents to kill their own children. And that way they don't have to deal with this and, uh, or, or to not treat because if the parents say, oh, we want one treatment, then they can't be blamed for, for the treatment that they give. And this is the problem is that we have a, we have a medical system that, uh, you know, is cookie cutter and, 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 and is afraid because of lawsuits and, uh, to, to, to be an advocate for these kids and to, and to do what is necessary to give them the whatever life uh, that they that they uh, can possibly have. Well, and look, this may be a great opportunity for people to learn about this issue. You know, we hope and pray that Baby Cox still has an opportunity for life. One reason I'm glad you're on the show is maybe that message gets to her and others that may come in contact with her. As you know, there are hundreds of pregnancy resource centers in every state and across the country. The the numbers are there's you know, possibly over or 3,000, if not more, possibly four or five. And so we're hoping wherever state that she goes to, that maybe she'll come into contact with someone that's involved with a pregnancy resource center and, and you know, is able to show her that there's a way to love them both. And that, you know, the, there'll be some support for her. In the state of Texas, babies can get support from, uh, from the state, from a program we have up to three years. Now, this has a little bit more to it than your regular birth. We can recognize that, but that doesn't mean that she'll be alone. But, but you've made some points about what she might be up against as well. Um, you know, putting aside what appears to be the political and ideological uh, motivations of some people right. in the pro-abortion movement, but, you know, whether it's CareNet or, you know, Heartbeat International, hopefully there's a, you know, a pregnancy resource center she'll come in touch with out there. Yeah. And and look, I, I, I try not to be unrealistic. I, I don't want to sugarcoat. Uh, this is a serious, this is a serious diagnosis. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sugarcoating this. And, and there, there is a probably a, a, a high probability that her child may not serve, may not survive birth or may not survive long. That, that is the norm. Uh, but I always say if, if that child was, you know, I understand that at the time the, the baby was 20 weeks gestational age. If that little girl was 20 weeks old and you, you were given a diagnosis that your baby has a fatal condition and is going to die soon, would your answer be, oh, well, let's just kill her now? Yeah. I mean, no, no, that, people would be just aghast. Well, or, and there may be some people that think that way, Senator Santorum. Unfortunately, that are, you know, yeah. And so, and this almost perpetuates that. And so I think you make a great point though. I mean, cause we see it all the time when babies are born and have these conditions, typically we're doing everything we can. And, and we know babies can survive outside of the womb at 20 weeks and sometimes it's earlier. Um, and so I, I do think there's a principle there involved to your point that, you know, we would not treat it different in those circumstances. And this isn't all that different if at all, but it does help. I think maybe people step back and go, you know what? It's a good point. You know, maybe we should be protecting this life. We know it has a heartbeat and everything else, particularly certainly at 20 weeks. Um, well, the reality is, if, if, it, the reality is, if 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 that if if 
Uh, and again, my heart goes out to her. I understand sure. this is a very traumatic time, but the alternative is to kill your child in the womb and have that baby dismembered and, and, and torn from your womb. And I mean, that's just the reality. People say, oh, they, they abortion and just sounds sort of antiseptic. What's that? Well, what it is, is you go in and you, and you, and you, at that age, you have to you, you dismember the baby and you take the baby out piece by piece. I mean, this is the horror of what this is. You're doing this to this poor little child and you say, well, you know, it's, it's only a fetus. No, it's, it's only a fetus is what you were. You were only a fetus. We we're all only a fetus. This is a baby that can feel pain, will, will experience death, will experience the pain of death and, and, and then be treated brutally by having its, having, having, uh, its remains dismembered and, 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 and taken from the mom. I mean, why would you do that to, to, to a baby that up until the moment you found out that the baby had a disability, you were going to welcome into your home and you, you, you quote loved, right? How do you, oh, how do you turn on someone that you say you love and all of a sudden wish that type of treatment to that little child? And, and a lot of times people don't want to think about it. Right. That's that's sort of the way they get through it is, oh, you know, they want to act like that's not, you know, or they don't want to be told that they don't want to hear about it. We know from Abby Johnson and many others. Right. That have seen a baby move out of the way in an ultrasound to avoid yeah. an abortion because yeah. they can sense it or they're starting to you know be impacted by it. the baby squirming around trying to you know, get away. And what you've acknowledged can be a very difficult circumstance, but not does not have to be a death sentence and does not have to leave the parent feeling like they had some role in ending the life of their child, which is hard to imagine. But that those are the circumstances here. And that's a big reason why Texas has a very clear law. And when it's not followed, I believe the courts are in a position to say, this is something that we're not going to allow. We're going to follow our law. But above all that, I hope it, you know, gives you a little bit more, you know, thoughts in your mind, if you will, or, or however it comes about to enjoy that time with Bella and all of your family, um, okay. you know, and for your courage to continue to talk about her, um, you know, knowing you got to relive some of that, but at the same time, share some good memories and give people some hope. As I said, you know, Bella is, uh, I always say Bella never has a bad day. Uh, every day, whether, you know, sometimes she's sick, but it's just, it doesn't matter. She is always uh, she's always just this, uh, this, this beautiful soul. And, uh, I always say, we always say in the family that Bella has all the family secrets because, you know, people can sit with her and, and whisper in her ear and then, and tell her anything, anything you want to tell her. Cause uh, she doesn't, she, she, she doesn't talk, but so, so she can, she keeps a secret and it's just, she has that it it's, it's just a, it, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing that brings the family together. Uh, she really does. She just, uh, she brings everybody together. And, uh, and I think I look at our kids and we're just blown away. We have, uh, we have five of our kids are married. Now we have, uh, our sixth grandchild expected all, all our two are under, uh, and everybody's, uh, excited about having children, excited about starting their own family. And, uh, always excited to introduce their little baby to, uh, to our, to their, to their little sister. And, uh, and, you know, they play with some of the same toys that Bella plays with. And it's just, it's sort of fun. And she's well, just, uh, she's a great aunt uh, to, to the little ones. That's a, uh, it's a special 
you know, perspective you have on that and, and, and real, and I can imagine yeah. that. And so, but, but able to do it with joy. And so, uh, Senator Santorum, you and your whole family, we wish y'all a Merry Christmas. We thank you for sharing the story about Bella. We look forward to more days and months and, and years of life for her and God bless you for everything that you do. And thank, thank you for being you. our guest today on the Texas th Values Report. Thank, thank you at Texas Values and God bless you and Merry Christmas to everybody. Amen. If you see value in our work, these are pieces of things that we do. We do our advocacy. We bring people to the table. We get information out there. We try to do everything we can to make a difference when it counts most. So we need you to do what you can when it counts most. Go to txvalues.org. Make that tax deductible donation today. And that's together how we'll protect faith family and freedom, and Christmas in the state of Texas. God bless. Merry Christmas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.